there, everybody, and welcome back to the uh, pep talk version of the Taking Care of Business podcast. I hope everyone is doing well and uh, you are prospering in your businesses. Um, there is no doubt that, uh, you know, to say that these have been a weird few months is perhaps an understatement. And to borrow from some of literature's uh, <laughs> better contributors, uh, in a lot of ways for local and independent businesses, this this co- time of COVID has certainly been the best of times and the worst of times. Um, and today's guest is going to tell us a little bit about how small and local businesses are faring during the pandemic, both the good um, and the bad, and, and and hopefully the hopeful coming out of it. Um, and I can't really think of any other person that I know that is more of an advocate um, really in what they do every day for small businesses than our guest today, who is Bill Brunel from Independent We Stand. We've had Bill on the program before just talking about home improvement and local businesses and some of the things that Independent We Stand does. And they do a lot of really cool things to support small businesses. And one of the things they've been doing every year for the past several years that NRHA has actually had the privilege to be involved in is they do this road trip. And uh, we'll talk to Bill a little bit about that, but it's kind of like an annual event for them where they get out on the road and they visit a bunch of small businesses and they do the whole social media blitz and talk about their experiences. But that's just one of the many things we uh, we uh, have independent. We stand contributing to the cause of supporting small business. They do all kinds of other stuff. And we'll get some of that from Bill, but also get his take on, you know, how things are different now and how they might be different moving forward. Um, so sit back, uh, relax, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with Bill, because I'm sure we're going to get some insights on what's going out. Uh, on out there for small and independent businesses. So without further ado, uh, Mr. Brunel, welcome to the program. Thanks, Dan. Always enjoy our uh, conversations. Uh, obviously, it's been a really interesting time over the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, at first I felt like a deer in headlights. Um, yeah. But then I realized that we had a, a platform that could really help these small business owners understand how to deal with this. You know, there's no there's no playbook for this. There's no... Uh, uh, there's no right and wrong way, um, and a program like yours is great because we get to share uh, some of the things we hear that are working, some of the things that, that uh, some of the challenges that small businesses face, and um, I'm delighted to be here. Well, well, thanks again so much. Let me, let me start by asking you, how are things going in your area? How are things going at Independent We Stand? You know, everybody doing well, and what is it? What is kind of the current economic and and health situation for you guys down in your area? Well, I'm, I'm located in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and uh, it was one of the first states to, to lock everything down. Um, we're slowly starting to uh, uh, reopen. Uh, um, it is a kind of a mixed bag. I mean, you know, certain businesses um, are not open right now. Salons, well, let me rephrase that. Actually, as of last Friday, um, salons uh, could reopen at 50% capacity. Uh, okay. Gyms remain closed. Um, most retailers, as long as they maintain um, 50% occupancy, are allowed to do business. Uh, restaurants are about 50%. Um, but, you know, that's not uncommon with a lot of states that are trying to figure out how to, to reopen um, without, you know, spreading the virus even more. Yeah, and, and uh, 
you know, I, I've said this so many times during the podcast, but I, I think it's so worthwhile to repeat this is, is very early on in this. I was on a call with a group of retailers, of uh, home improvement retailers, and one of the retailers on the call, you know, expressed how he felt so privileged as a home improvement retailer to be considered essential and to be allowed to be open because he said, you know, I look to my, my friends that are in the local community and the guys that own other types of businesses, restaurants and bars and, and, and salons. And, and they're, you know, really facing some challenges that we're not having to face. So for all of the, for all of the hard work that we're putting in and the hours we're putting in serving the community, we're better off than, than the guys that are just having to close their doors. Um, And uh, you know, kind of from, from that perspective, you guys, and, and I should point this out, that Independent We Stand isn't just about hardware. I mean, obviously, hardware is a, a big part of, of you know, who, who you guys feature and talk about, but you guys represent all small locally owned businesses, so restaurants, salons, all that, you know, and Main Street businesses, really. Um, so you guys right now are kind of in an interesting position that some of the businesses you work with are, are probably doing well business-wise, but other ones are, are facing, as you, as you said, some of these really big challenges. So kind of what's the, talk to me kind of about what the spectrum of independent business challenges they're facing right now and how they're kind of dealing with that. Well, I mean, you know, you mentioned the road trip uh, earlier where we were scheduled, uh, um, you know, partnering with NRHA and hardware retailing again to travel from Seattle uh, down to LA. And we had about 25 um, scheduled interviews with small business owners, main street groups. Uh, we had booked all our hotel, all our hotel rooms and independent hotels. And, um, it was supposed to take place in mid March. And, uh, uh, you know, that's about the time that everything really started heating up. Uh, we were supposed to again, start in Seattle where a lot of this started. Um, and, um, when we decided to cancel, I actually had to call all those small business owners and, and independent hotels and, and, you know, postpone our visit and you could really hear the uncertainty uh, in their voices whether it was a hardware store or an independent hotel or a record shop or a toy store Um, uh, that really moved us um, especially emotionally because we've spent so many years promoting these small businesses and to hear that kind of desperation in their voices was really um, stunning um, for lack of a better description and you know, uh, again, we felt like a, a deer in headlights at first, uh, but then we realized that we had a platform uh, that could, you know, number one, help business owners understand all of their resources that are available to them, whether it's from the Small Business Administration or Independent We Stand or, or NRHA. Um, and number two, educate consumers about, you know, these small businesses that are struggling, here's what you can do to, yeah. to help support them during this difficult time. Um, as far as, you know, categories that are doing well, obviously home improvement. I'm a, uh, a uh, um, I'm one of those folks that um, immediately started working at home. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you see that the, the wall across from your desk that needs paint or the bathroom that needs remodeling uh, or the garden that needs tending. And uh, I've jumped right into it. And I know that, that, that the home improvement stores um, did well. Um, here locally, we have uh, Taylor's Do It Center, and they were uh, one of the first in the community to respond to, to make uh, shopping for home improvement products a safe process. Um, 
you know, uh, they've been around now for 90 plus years and they're a big part of our local community. And uh, they were one of the first local retailers that, that uh, um, reacted to the increase in demand. And then there's others like, I haven't been able to go to my gym now for two months. Um, they're still closed. I, you, I need a haircut like you wouldn't believe. Um, um, but there's others that are doing um, well too. I noticed that um, my local bike shop, independent bike shop is packed. In fact, they have a back order for um, a lot of their bikes. I needed a new bike helmet. I do some mountain biking. I haven't been able to find one until today, which is a month after I started looking. Um, I know that um, crafts and hobby stores that are open right now, you know, we have two kids at home and we have been playing lots of board games and doing puzzles. Um, they're doing really well. Um, running retailers, running shoes, those kind of things, they're doing doing well because people want, people are trying to take care of their, themselves a little bit more and deal with the, um, the stress of this whole thing by exercising and playing board games and reconnecting with family. Um, the restaurants, you know, um, it's been tough. I heard a report this morning that four out of 10 are still closed. And a lot of those are at 50% capacity. And, uh, although I've never run a restaurant, I can't, can't imagine that 50% capacity is going to pay the bills. Um, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by, um, um, uh, how the restaurants have dealt with it. Um, you know, for example, we have a, 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 a real nice um, uh, farm to fork restaurant near us that, uh, um, you know, tries to support local farmers and, and, and uh, um, they, you know, shifted to a family style curbside delivery meal um, where you could get, you know, um, an appetizer or main course, uh, even drinks and deliver it curbside. And although it's, you know, not like business as normal. Um, they're actually doing pretty well. And that's just a small example. Um, uh, well, even what's that. And, and I think it's important to point out that, you, you know, when, as, as we get further into the conversation and talk about what we all can do to help support local businesses, honestly, one of the best things I think we can do and, and also some of the listeners of the program who are running businesses can do the home improvement side that's, that's doing well business wise man, patronize the heck out of your local restaurants. I, I mean, you, you know, if you're going to get carry out or you're going to get, you know, you want to change things up, make sure you're going to the local operators to pick that stuff up because man, more than anything right now, they need that. And that's, that's an easy way that we can help everything. And we hear from a lot of home improvement retailers that have said the same thing is like, I want to, I want to, I want to do good from, from both sides. I want to buy my staff lunch or dinner to, to thank them for the hard work they're doing. But I'm going to make sure that I go to the local restaurants in town to buy that stuff to support, support them as well. So, so that's a no brainer. That's something we should all be focusing on doing, picking, you know, maybe one night a week, two nights a week, whatever you can do and, and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to get carry out lunch, dinner, breakfast, whatever it is from your local restaurant. Yeah. Early on, we were promoting takeout Tuesdays, which yeah, was nice. kind of a national campaign uh, you know, kind of like small business Saturday, takeout Tuesdays. And, uh, uh, it's helped me rediscover a lot of the local restaurants in my area. Um, um, uh, and I would, uh, in many cases, the price is not that bad. Um, they understand that to attract business, they may have to, um, drop the margins a little bit, but, uh, you know, I've got a, I had a great barbecue rib dinner the other night from a place just down the street that I hadn't stopped by in years. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that also gave the family the opportunity to sit around the table and, and reconnect. You know, it's, uh, 
um, it, it's, yes, it's a, it's an interesting time, but it's also a time I think um, for people to reconnect. And if that's by supporting a local restaurant, like we do on occasion, that's even greater. Well, you know, and you touched on something you were saying earlier about the difficulties, you know, of, of, of some of the businesses that have had to be shut down. And, and I know that a lot of our listeners are small business owners, so they understand this, but for those who aren't, um, you, you know, I, I to, to kind of illustrate it, my, my youngest daughter works for a small business. She works at a high-end salon and spa here in Indianapolis. Um, and so they've been shut down now for the better part of two months. And I remember when it was kind of, you know, vague as to when they were going to ask for those places to shut down. And my daughter was so worried about the owner of the business because the owner was just beside herself, not because she was going to have to shut her business down because she was so worried about what was going to happen to her uh, employees. I mean, that was her concern. Wasn't, Oh my gosh, am I going to lose business? Oh my gosh. How's it going to hurt me? She was, she was just racked with trying to figure out how is this going to impact the people that, that work for me and rely on, on me being open for a living and those kind of ripple effects and, and that, that emotional, you know, kind of side of this, um, you know, and I'm not saying that large chains don't weigh those kind of things heavily, but, you know, I, I'm sure someone in those large corporate operations thinks about, oh my gosh, we're having to lay off so many people. Um, but these small businesses, you can't say it enough that their employees are like family. And, and, and the first thing that this employer was worried about was, how is this going to impact my employees? And, and so it's, it's just real important during these kind of times. And when consumers consider where to spend their money, that, that that's the difference in a lot of ways between a local independently owned business and a corporate operation. And you guys preach that message all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I wouldn't wish COVID-19 on my worst enemy, oh, of course. Um, but it has brought a significant amount of attention to small local independent retailers and the importance that they play on their local economies. And, and I think it's a great thing. Um, uh, you know, and what really blows my mind too are these small businesses that are closed and yet they still find a way to support the local community. You know, um, for example, you hear about those, those, those gyms that, uh, um, have gone online and they're offering classes online for free or, uh, uh we had a local, um, a foundation uh, repair contractor that uh, has about a hundred employees. And one day they decide, you know what, we're going to buy each and every employee and their families a meal from a local restaurant. And they work with a local restaurant. All the employees had to do is drop by a curbside. They got a full meal. Um, uh, that's just one of many examples of these small businesses that, you know, in spite of all they have to do to keep the doors open or <laughs> right. maintain while the doors are closed, they are going out of their way to support local communities. And, and uh, that's inspiring to say the least. Well, and you know, I've been feeling lately, and I know it's hard to quantify feelings, but I'd imagine someone uh, will begin to do that coming out of this, is that consumers and communities right now really seem to be rallying around or at least recognizing the impact of small business, Main Street business, locally owned business. And while, while you said it, you know, you certainly, it's not like we're celebrating, you know, COVID and its impact, 
but there are some positive things to look at. Do, do you kind of feel that same way right now, Bill, that, that, that consumers are, you know, like you said, even rediscovering businesses that maybe you haven't visited lately, but also, you know, not only celebrating or recognizing the hard work and determination of the employees at these small businesses, but also the owners themselves, and hopefully re-recognizing how important these small businesses are for communities. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that uh, is generated by the uh, um, uh, intense attention uh, that uh, politicians and legislators have shown small businesses, as well as media. Um, I am encouraged um, by these wonderful stories, and I think consumers are as well, of small businesses that are shut down that still find a way to support yeah. uh, the community. We actually have a local foundation repair contractor uh, who uh, last week decided, you know what, we want to work with another business to help them during these difficult times. And they bought every one of their 100 plus employees and their families a catered dinner, picked up curbside at a local Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 100 employees, let's say 50 bucks an employee, probably more. Right. You know, that's a $5,000 donation to a restaurant that uh, was closed last week. Yeah, and also it's it's during a time when I'm sure that business was facing challenges, but Absolutely. they did it because they're neighbors with the people who are running the restaurant. <laughs> Absolutely, I think stories like those that have been you know um, uh, written about and and talked about on and on major media um, networks have been one of the things that inspire consumers to take care of those little businesses. You know, if they don't, that little corner hardware store or bookshop or or uh, restaurant um, may not be around. I think that scared a lot of people. Um, and I can tell you that from a um, social media engagement standpoint on all our social channels, we're up about 300% over the last wow. two months. Um, so yeah, and it's mostly consumers. Um, and um, yeah, I think the key though is to make sure that that, that, uh, that doesn't die down. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about that. For the last few months, what what have you guys been doing at Independent We Stand? What has kind of your mission and, and your focus been over the last few months? Where where are you guys trying to make an impact? Well, you know, we already talked about the road trip, but also during that time, we had just kicked off our America's Main Street contest, um, which we partner with NRHA on. And that's a contest every year to help bring attention to uh, the you know thousands of Main Street and downtown groups um, and the small businesses that help these Main Streets and uh, downtowns survive. And uh, we were only about three weeks into the contest when everything really started to take off as far as COVID went. So we had to pivot like a lot of small business owners did. And um, um, we started um, a small business strong campaign uh, where we put together uh, resources and tools and, and uh, a whole package of social media graphics that uh, any business owner or any consumer um, could use to get the word out. And to date, we've had about 6,000 of those packages um, downloaded. That's fantastic. And, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's a time where, you know, the contest actually has done, done pretty well. We will announce the winner on Tuesday. Um, at first it was slow, but then, you know, it's the attention to the plight of small businesses and main streets and downtown uh, associations began to pick up. So did engagement on all of our channels. Um, we will, again, as I mentioned, we're going to announce the winner on Tuesday, but we've had one point, almost 1.7 million votes oh my. Um, over the last six weeks. And I think that's, um, a, um, you know, directly involves the attention that small business owners are getting. Um, we've been trying, we, so, you know, 
like all um, um, marketing campaigns, we had a whole schedule defined on all of our communications channels that had we had to completely take and just put it aside and start um, looking at ways that we can help small businesses s survive uh, right. what's happened in the last eight weeks. And so we're pushing out everything from social media content to uh, we now have a, a resource page on our website like you guys do, uh, pushing out um, um, uh, information on what other small businesses are doing, whether what other Main Street groups are doing, uh, important legislation that's being considered, resources at Small Business Administration or, or wherever it may be. And the contest kind of went right. aside. Right. <laughs> um, but it kind of took off on its own when people realized especially that uh, these small businesses and, and, and Main Street's uh, organizations that they belong to needed our help. And, uh, you know, I, I'm inspired by the, the turnout. But I think the key, again, is to make sure that consumers and politicians don't forget how important these small businesses are once things begin to return to normal, which I guess I'm not even sure what the new normal is. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that uh, well, first, before I move on, I want to make sure um, you guys, I, I've said it before, you guys do great work. And, and, and a lot of that is the content you produce that is just quite honestly free for any small business to get a hold of and use. How, before we move on the conversation, how does, how does someone get a hold of that content? Where do they, where do they go to, to look at what you guys are doing, Bill? And they can visit us at uh, independentwestand.org uh, for um, you know, a general feel of all of the resources that we provide small business owners. Like you mentioned, it's absolutely free to sign up. Um, we have to vet each um, application to make sure that you're locally owned. There's a series of five questions you have to answer. Um, and after that, you have access to a ton of, of marketing resources, everything from social media graphics to point of sale materials. Um, but we also have a page specific to COVID, which uh, you can find at independentwestand.org, COVID-19. And uh, there you'll find uh, everything from the small business strong graphics, social media graphics I told you about, to, to uh, articles uh, on major media that talk about what other businesses are doing to deal with this, to you know, small business administration um, resources. And uh, um, it's 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 interesting to, to to have to put all of this out and I know you guys went through the same thing because you're going about your um, normal business and all of a sudden the pandemic hits <laughs> it's like well you know what <laughs> we've got to shift the way we think and just you know I I've compared to what small business owners have gone through over the last two months I you know it was no big deal to pivot like I mentioned earlier um, and um, give give small business owners anything they can to, to help them survive. You know, I think, and we've talked about this on a couple programs in the past too, but I think one of the, uh, one of the things that's truly been highlighted and you've even referenced it, that is one of the most valuable tools in a small business, independent business uh, kind of toolbox. And that is agility. And, and I, we have seen so many cases of, you know, on the home improvement side, the agility to respond to this, I am totally blown away by certainly home improvement retailers, but all the other businesses that have really kind of in so many ways fundamentally changed their business model within a period of weeks. And, you know, I, like for example, on the home improvement side, something like 70% of the retailers from a recent survey we did started offering curbside pickup. 
And, and I mean, if you would have asked them before, would you guys consider curbside pickup? They'd be like, well, yeah, we want to do some research. We want to vet the different options. We want to, you know, and it could be a multi-year process. But, but with, when confronted with something like this, it was a matter of weeks and it was up and running. And, and, and like you, you know, you had referenced some of the restaurants. That's another real obvious area where, where these businesses just fundamentally change their business model by being able to offer curbside pickup and, or, or limiting what they could offer, paring down their menus and so on. And, and a lot of these things, I mean, it's my hunch and I'm interested in what you think about a lot of these things will probably persist beyond COVID because they make business sense. I, I mean, do you kind of feel that same way? And Oh, absolutely. I think the American consumer has forever changed their shopping habits. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I love most about working with small independent retailers is they do think quick on their feet. Um, they can respond quickly. You, you don't always see that at the corporate level um, or the big box stores. And um, they've got to start thinking rather than brick and mortar, click and mortar. Their digital presence is, is, has got to be strong. If you want to act like a big dog, you need to get off the porch and run with the big dogs. And if your website is, is schlocky or um, not designed well or isn't user-friendly or maybe you're still not doing e-commerce, you really, really need to think about it. Yeah. And um, I think that's forced a lot of small business owners to, to, to completely rethink the way they're doing business and adapt and move. But that's what's great about small business owners. They're a tenacious bunch. They're going to uh, work 24-7 to make sure that they can keep those doors open. And, and that in order to be successful, you need to think quick on your feet. Well, and, and I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound in any way patronizing by saying this, but I can't tell you how proud I am of the way small businesses have, have reacted. Um, and, and I think there's kind of that magnifying lens on, on, on every aspect of it. You know, we've touched on a lot of these during the conversation is it's not just about adapting uh, uh, business procedures. It's, it's about hearing about those small businesses, like you said, that were genuinely concerned about their customers, not only from a safety standpoint, like the hardware stores and, and home improvement stores that had to figure out how do I keep my employees and customers safe while they're shopping the stores, but those other small businesses that did things like reach out the restaurants that said, we want to start feeding people who can't afford to be fed or donating food to other causes when we don't even have dollars coming in our doors. So I think that's that's kind of one of the lessons that's come out of this that I hope consumers, again, remember is, is you know, a lot of the small businesses weren't buying, you know, millions of dollars on ad, of ad time on, on, on uh, uh, primetime TV to tell you about how much they care. They were just going out and doing stuff, uh, yeah. you know. And, and with that being said, Bill, what do you think are some of the other lessons that are going to kind of come out of this from a, both a business sense, from the small business owner sense, but also maybe from that, that consumer side? Well, you know, I, I, and we'll do everything we can to push this out, but I think consumers – uh, need to remember not to take those small businesses for granted. Um, you know, it's it's still going to be interesting over the next few months to see how many small businesses actually close. And uh, I think consumers have to remember that, you know, they generate more jobs, they return more money to the local community, um, but they also li live on smaller margins, and, and uh, you really need to take care of the small businesses to help them survive. Um, from a business standpoint, you know, I, I really think that, 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, small businesses need to stop thinking about brick and mortar and start thinking click and mortar and start figuring out, you know, what their digital presence is going to be because I think the consumers are going to change the way they are going to shop. And um, you need to think about selling online. You need to think about curbside um, delivery. You might even consider if the numbers make sense, actually doing delivery um, because consumers are, for, I think, um, at least for the foreseeable future, completely changed the way they've, they've shopped. Um, the other thing is, um, and this is, um, you know, we've, we've gotten, a, uh, small businesses have gotten a lot of attention from government officials over the last two months. And, and you know, obviously, um, financially, they've been um, putting out more resources. Um, but that's not usual. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, it's funny. You often see politicians preaching the, the strengths and the, and the reasons to support small businesses. But once they get in office, they start handing out uh, incentives and subsidies for, a, a, you know, a new big box store to come to town or an Amazon warehouse. Um, and they write legislation that, 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 that favors these big businesses. Um, now I think is a time is a time that's more important than ever for small business owners to reach out to the legislators and say, yeah, we appreciate the help during COVID-19, but you need to pay more attention to, to, to the importance that we bring to local communities. Um, so I would encourage all small business owners to, to keep their foot on the pedal when it comes to convincing their congressmen, you know, um, or legislators, both at the local, state, and, and, and federal level, that um, you know, we need your help uh, much more than Amazon does or you know, a big box store. Well, and, and that's a real important point to make because I think there's no doubt the payroll protection program and the disaster relief loans that were made available were fantastic for small businesses. And, and, and I, it, was, it was refreshing to see the government come together to offer those kind of programs. However, when you look at the percentage of the overall kind of COVID relief dollars that actually ended up helping small businesses versus the amount that was dedicated towards kind of large corporate bailouts, and then you add up some of the other large corporate bailouts and tax incentives over, say, the last decade or so, and the amount of relief being delivered to small businesses, while we are extremely grateful that it was delivered, still pales in comparison to the amount of time, effort, and, and resources that have been dedicated to helping large corporate businesses. And, and I think as an addendum to that, something that, that has kind of been brought to NRHA's attention and we've been trying to help out with recently here too, was as communities are starting back up, there are a lot of communities that right, very rightfully so are doing everything they can to protect consumers. Um, but it's also a very important time to remember how those kind of actions can impact small businesses. One of them in particular is, is uh, the, uh, the price gouging uh, laws that are going into place and being debated right now in California, um, where very, very well-intentioned legislation around making sure that these pop-up retailers who are selling masks for 20 bucks each and that kind of stuff aren't able to operate without severe consequences. But you also have to measure that kind of consumer protection with, well, let's make sure we consider how it could impact small business as we're writing that legislation. So I couldn't agree with you more, Bill, is that now is probably a very important time for small business owners to, to keep 
that kind of thing in mind and to remind government officials, you know, let's not let's not stop supporting small businesses when the commercials aren't being aired anymore. <laughs> so we need to we need to, to they need to help support uh, small businesses, not only during the uncertain times, but during the certain times, which I know we'll return to at some point. But uh, you've got to keep the pressure on because now's a perfect time to do it. Yeah. You know, legislators are consumers too. They're seeing the stories on small business owners are going out of the way to help uh, in their local communities. And, and so the attention uh, is up there. Let's keep it there. Well, and, and, and also, uh, you know, for organizations like yours and ours, um, let's make sure everybody's accountable. You, you know, if you were at a, at a podium or, or, or pulpit or wherever you had a, 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 a voice, during these times talking about the importance of small business. Let's everybody hold those people accountable for their support of small businesses going forward. Um, so what's next for Independent We Stand, Bill? What, what, what are you guys kind of working on now? And what, how do you see kind of the next couple of months shaping up for your efforts? Well, I mean, beginning in mid-March, we redoubled our efforts to, to, to uh, provide resources and, and tools and tips to small business owners. Um, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to push out as much as we can uh, to consumers, um, all of those great stories that we talked about earlier, because that really drives home the importance of small businesses. And we're hearing um, more and more great stories every day. And so we're going to continue to work hard and, and, and push out as, as many of those stories as we can. And, and again, provide more and more resources and tools for, for small businesses to help during these uncertain times. I can't wait until we stop. We until we stop using uncertain times. <laughs> I talked about that on a few podcasts ago about these phrases that I'm trying to stay away from, like uncertain times, the new normal, all those kind of things that are just becoming, you know, so cliche. And sometimes by th saying stuff like that, it becomes cliche and it takes away the power from what you're really talking about. Um, and and so yeah, uncertain times. I mean, my goodness, these are these are. I mean, these are times that we have not seen before as a society, I mean, at least in any of our lifetimes. So, so even saying something like that kind of undersells, undersells where we are. Hey, one thing that I know, um, and, you, and you and I just talked about this before we started uh, recording the podcast today is um, NRHA has been holding a series of town halls uh, during the last month or so, where we're inviting any retailers or folks from the industry to come together to share best practices, hear from industry experts. And we have one coming up in June on June 24th. And you have just, uh, prior to this podcast, agreed to be one of kind of our experts that's going to uh, be a guest on that town hall. And so one, we thank you for doing that because you obviously, not only do you have a whole bag of tricks that you can share with independent retailers uh, with uh, tools for them to use, uh, but you also have a lot of obviously uh, great advice for, for what they can do and how they can support other small businesses. So we appreciate you agreeing to be on that and we'll be, uh, we'll be heavy, heavily promoting that in the coming weeks. So we appreciate again, you know, Bill, you're one of those guys that I call you up anytime and you're always willing to, when, when it's about helping small businesses, you're like, yeah, where do I need to be? What do I need to do? And you're, you're, you're always on top of that. So we appreciate it. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm honored once again to work with NRHA. Uh, you guys do fabulous work, um, and um, you know I've been watching a lot of the stuff that you guys have been doing, and it's phenomenal. And uh, um, uh, we, we look forward to being part of that. Well, thank you so much, and, and right back at you. I, I mean, I can't stress enough how 
how how lucky we are to have an organization like Independent We Stand out there fighting every single day for independent locally owned businesses. And and uh, you know you guys do. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're so much like NRHA in so many ways when people look at the work you do and the volume of work you do, everybody's like, Oh my God, you must have hundreds of people working on this. And a huge budget. And, uh, and, uh, we, we all know that's not the case, but you guys do great work. And, and just to reiterate any, uh, listeners out there that want to get more involved, that want to learn more about independent, we stand, just go to www.independentwestand.org. Uh, and you can learn all about what they do. And, and I encourage every one of you, again, it's just a no brainer to take advantage of the materials that they have available for you. The videos, the social media content, all you retailers out there have social media pages. And as you know, you know, they are hungry beasts that you need to feed with content and, and what an easy, reliable and great place to go to get that quality content. And if you're not following Independent We Stand on social media platforms, make, make sure you do that because they give you so much ammunition to kind of to, to load your social media with to, to talk about the importance of, of small businesses. So, Bill, thank you again for everything you guys are doing. And uh, um, let's hope by the time we get around to our town hall, we're in even a better position and uh, that small business, the engine is starting to fire back up fully and we can get back to talking about stuff like road trips and all that other kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, we're, we really appreciate your invitation to the podcast and, and uh, um, we're looking forward to less uncertain times. If there's anything we can do to help small business owners move towards less uncertain times, we're going to do it. Well, thank you. Thank you again so much, uh, Bill. Appreciate your time on the podcast. Always good talking to you and take care of yourself. You too, buddy.